want you to know that Father's Day is a big deal. And the generation that we're living in now, and a cancel generation where if they don't like it, they cancel it. You know what? They say sometimes uh, we can't really honor fathers because not everybody has a father. Somebody had a bad father. Um, your father is no longer living. But let me tell you, Father's Day is a big deal because it's part of the family. And God has kind of orchestrated that for us, that we would honor our fathers. The Bible says if you want to live a long time, do what? Honor your father and your mother. That doesn't mean it's a good situation sometimes. It doesn't mean it's going to always be easy. But it means if you honor God, your father, God will bless you and give you a long life. I want to tell you today that one of the things that we have going on in our country is we need men to stand up and be men. Today, I was just going to quote a scripture that maybe some of you are familiar with. It's kind of the, uh, one of the verses of my life in Romans 1.16. It says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. I'll tell you what. When we begin to stand up as men and we're unashamed to be counted as part of the body of Christ, we will make a difference in our family and we will make a difference in our community. You say, Tony, what do you do? <clears throat> you know, you travel. Well, my wife and I have been married uh, 43 years to the same woman in August. I married her when she was 12, and uh, she's still a young thing. She keeps me young. I married up, and we've been uh, serving the Lord together for all these years. Uh, she is the PK. We, I have a lot in common with uh, your church here because uh, of our past. Just a lot of similarities, and I sure appreciate Pastor Jerry and all the staff, uh, Stephen and Stephen and all the other folks that I've met here uh, since I've been on campus. But we've been to travel. We've sang. We've written songs. We've been in Nashville now for over 22 years. and We've traveled. We've done all that as a family with my kids. And in the last few years, um, a friend of mine introduced me to uh, men's ministry and the wild game uh, outdoor sportsman's events. And I've been a sportsman all my life, loved it. And he said, Tony, have you ever done any outdoor events? I said, well, no, really, I haven't. What do you do? He began to share with me, and he said, hey, I think maybe the Lord's going to open the door for you. And so in the last 10 years, that's what I've been doing, speaking all over the country, from Oregon to Florida, New York, wherever. I get an invitation to go and speak at wild game dinners and talk about that. I call it my camo connection, because when I walk in, you've got a deer on your your chest and you've got some camo on your head people go hey he's a bro he gets it he loves the outdoors and i'll tell you what men will actually pull out their phone and start sharing what they shot before they show me their kids because they're just into it man it's a passion and i call that my camo connection because i find the common ground before i can take them to higher ground god gives me the platform to just minister to men i love that 60 to 70 percent of the outdoor events that i go to uh, are unchurched people. They just come out because they love the outdoors, and God gives me a platform to share with them the gospel, talk about hunting and fishing, loving every day, and, and then we begin to take them to a higher place where they begin to see who Jesus really is. And the problem with I see in a lot of people, we're, we're all thinking about, you know, the family, and we're saying, you know, I love kids' ministry. We have four children, two boys, two girls, they're spaced out, so it's almost like two separate families. We had two girls first. We thought we were finished, and then along came Marshall, our oldest son, and then Reese was on purpose. And then, uh, so we have two, two, uh, two sets of kids, uh, and it's been a journey that I wouldn't trade for anything in the world as a dad. 
But uh, as far as uh, the men's ministry goes, I, I begin to see that uh, 60 to 70% of these men just come out. They're, they're unchurched. And we're trying to reach the family for Jesus. How many believe we need to reach the families for Jesus? Well, I read a statistic that kind of shocked me a little bit, and statistics change, so uh, I won't quote this to be the absolute truth, but I will say it's probably in the general area. God told me if we have a kid's crusade and we get children saved, which I believe that's a priority, amen, that kids, if they come to know Jesus at an early age, and we know this for a fact, that most everybody in this parking lot found the Lord before they were 17 or 21. Most of the people find Jesus before the age of 13. And so that is an awesome fact that we know about. But if we get kids saved and we take them to the family, they say only about 13% chance that we'll win that whole family to the Lord. Hey, I'll take 13%, won't you? Amen. That's great. There's another statistic that says if we can have a women's conference and, and the mom and the, and the mother gets saved and she comes to church and she starts bringing her kids, there's about a 20% chance or 21% chance that... The whole family will come to the Lord. How many know that we'll take that? Whatever the case is, we'll take it. Yes, amen. But here, here's a staggering statistic. Statistics say if you win the father, if dad comes to know the Lord, there's about an 89% chance that that family will come to church, serve God, and be part of the family of God together as a unit. How many believe that's where we need to be? So what is the key? We talked about it this morning that the father is the spiritual head of the home. The man is the man that will bring his family to church. Not only just tell them to go to church or want them to go to church, but he will take them to church and be the spiritual leader in that house. The world today is very much aware that we have a father factor. And the missing fathers, there's like 19.7 million kids in this country today that do not have a father in the household. What is the problem with our, our, our family unit across America is there's no dad there. There's no father figure there. There's no one to lead the family. And, of course, if you just go to the world, they'll tell you, without a father in the home, crime will be a, 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 a factor. The kids will grow up and be in crime. They'll, they'll have abuse problems. They'll have all kinds of issues in their life because there's no dad there. And if, uh, if that's true, just in the world recognizing that the father is missing, there's a missing father. They call it the father factor. You can pull it up. All those statistics are staggering, and uh, they make us become more concerned about reaching men for Jesus. And that's why I, want, I love being around men. I love being... Uh, I was always a daddy's boy. I, if he went anywhere, I was right there in his shoes, as the song says, because I wanted to identify. I even... At an early age, would try to learn how to sign my name just like my dad. My dad made a big J for James, and I'd make a big J. I would practice that because I wanted to be just like my dad. Fortunately for me, and thank you, Jesus, that my dad uh, was a godly man and took me to church and told me of the Lord, as the song says, and made that part of my life. But I want to tell you today, there's a lot of families that are, are struggling because the men have not become part of the family of God yet. So I'm excited today to be here with you. I love that God gives me the opportunity to speak at Wild Game Dinners, but He's got me here today in Camden, Arkansas, because you're here. It's not by accident that you're here, and it's not by coincidence that I'm here. God ordained this moment so that you could hear this message today. I am not ashamed of the gospel 
for it is the power of God unto salvation. I want to tell you this factor in Mark 10, uh, I think it's verse uh, 6. It says this, that God created them male and female. Now listen, there's a, all kind of debates all across the country about uh, these very issues. But I want to tell you, God settled it. it. You know, people say, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. No, the truth is, God said it, that settles it, whether you believe it or not. And today, we've got people who don't believe the Bible to be the Word of God or the infallible Word of God. But I want to tell you today, it's my, it's, it's my foundation of what I believe. If I can't believe the Bible, we might as well go home and have a picnic on Father's Day. The Word of God is the truth. No matter what the fact is, the Word of God is the truth. And truth will always override the fact. You say, you know, and I'll give you an example. Truth is, I might be sick today, but the, the fact is that God is my healer. And I can look to Him for any of my needs. I may be in a struggle with a financial need, but I know the Word of God says that my God will supply all of my need according to His riches and glory. So I just give you a couple examples that you may have... Uh, a fact going on in your life. There may be a fact that your family is dysfunctional and all those kind of things. But I want to tell you, the truth is, Jesus can be Lord over your life and the life of your family. Fathers, He can come along and help you be the man of God that you should be. Um, one of the scriptures is, like in, in Mark uh, 10 that we were just talking about, it says, For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother. He not only says he made them male and female. And I want to tell you today, Thank God for the women of the church and men, women who have picked up and carried on whether their man uh, was a spiritual leader or not because if the women hadn't uh, assumed the reins, we wouldn't have church today probably because there's so many women doing the work that they uh, uh, were really never called to do, but they've just got behind it and, and done it in spite of the fact that maybe their husband or the man is not present in the home. But I want to tell you, it says, For this reason a man leaves his father and mother, and cleaves to his wife, and the two become one. And I want to tell you today that if you're a man here today, you don't think like a woman. And if there's a woman here today, she'll tell you for a fact, my husband doesn't understand me. And if there's a man here that says he understands women, first of all, mark him as a liar because he can't figure it out. This has been going on. This is an age-old question. But I want to tell you, we become smarter men because we begin to figure out a little more how to listen instead of how to fix it. And you see, that's the man's mentality. We're there to fix it. We want to, okay, hey, hey, honey, she doesn't want you to fix it. She wants you to know that you care, that it needs fixed. Maybe you can't fix it, but she wants you to say, I care. I hear you. I'm concerned. I'm there. And I want to tell you, a lot of us men, we just get into that mode. And then when the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he won't depart. Man, he's talking to you and I. That's where we come in there. That's what we're, we're designed to do. We're designed to say, hey, let me show you how to fix this. Let me show you how to... I want to train you with everything that I know. The things that I know about general life repairs, things, how to hunt, how to fish, how to, how to talk to a lady, how to open the door, how to be a gentleman. All of those things my dad taught me. Men, we have to instill that. We can't expect society, the, the school system, some other, you know... Uh, Whatever it has to be, Boy Scouts, whatever, whatever that kid, you can't expect them to impart and teach your child. It is your responsibility to train up a child in the way he should go. And that also means spiritual things too, but I, I mean the actual training department. You know, I thought about this the other day, and I don't think that I've ever heard anybody ever say this before, before but I thought about it. When Jesus, how many know Jesus goes baptized? 
Jesus went down to the water and He was baptized when He came. Why do you think Jesus was baptized? Because it was part of our experience that we need to experience. Jesus said, if you need it, I want to show you that I'm, I'm going to lead the way. He led the way. But you know what? Isn't it interesting that Jesus needed an earthly father? Joseph picked up the mantle and trained Jesus how to be a carpenter. Jesus learned how to be a carpenter from who? His earthly father. Now, he didn't need it. He's divine. Jesus could have done anything. How many know? He's the Lord. He could have figured it all out. He knew it before the beginning of time. But he showed us that we need an earthly father. We need that, that person in our life to help us, to train us. The other thing that I noticed in, in here is that um, another scripture in place is that God wants us to tell as husbands and men in the church that He wants us to, to uh, tell the story over and over again. He's, in uh, the Old Testament, He said when they crossed over Jordan, He said, pick up some stones, bring them in here, and then it specifically says, tell your children. I want to tell you, Dad, you got to tell your story. You know, I talk to a lot of men all the time. I said, have you ever told your story to your kids? And they go, no. No, I never have. Well, how do you expect your kids to know where you come from, what happened in your life, what's going on? And I'm, not, I'm talking about how you grew up, what's going on. My dad today is 90 years old, and I'm learning stuff that I never knew because my dad is still sharing things in his life that I would never know if he hadn't told me the story. He hasn't stopped telling me his story. And it's a lifelong journey. The Bible says that we are to talk about the Lord on a daily basis to where it becomes natural. You know why a lot of people don't share that scripture where it says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It's because they, they are intimidated somehow with how to share the gospel. It's got to become just like you're talking to a friend. It's got to be talking like, you know, if there was a sale at Walmart today, we'd be telling our sister, hey, you know, you, you can get you something down there. They got it on sale. If it was really good, if it was really the, the sale of all sales, you'd say, hey, I'm going to call up my boys. I'm going to say, hey, man, you need to get down there. Shotgun shells are on sale. And you can't find them anywhere else. Get down there. You see, that's the way we do about things we're excited about. We have to have a passion for the Lord that our kids know that we are excited about the things that God is excited about. That we get involved in the things that God's excited about. Man, I, I get pumped because, you know, today, you see fathers, they're not passionate about anything. They're very complacent. They just walk around. They're in a mode of just existing because they go from one crisis to another crisis. And that's not the way God wants us to live. He said He came to give us life and life more abundantly. So, man, if we're not excited about life, how can we pass that on to our kids? How can we be, you know, a positive influence spiritually because we're not telling them the story? Tell them the truth. Jesus is more powerful than the, than the, the darkness of this world. And I tell you what, we're in a... a bum uh, situation where we're being bombarded as Christians, and I believe we're coming to a time where we're going to have to be courageous. Where, where he said, uh, "Be strong and courageous." And again, I say, "Be strong." You're going to have to stand up and say, "No, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. No, I'm not ashamed to be called a Christian. No, I'm not ashamed to say I go down to Victory Church. Hey, I'm out in the parking lot on a hot day. I'll sit out here all day longer if it takes it because I love the Lord. We're going to serve the Lord as a family, and I believe this too. I believe we have to." Realize that, and when we're training somebody, it, it, you know, uh, don't be don't be so overcome about uh, getting it right. Men, we we uh, we take great pride in 
you know, uh, making sure that people do things where, you know, it, it's correct. And sometimes that's, that's a fault. You become too, um, perfe- too much of a perfectionist. Here's the thing that I want to, I want to tell you a story about a friend of mine in Nashville. Um, uh, he was telling his, telling me that his dad had taught him how to change a tire. How many of your dad taught you how to change a tire, honky horn? Did your dad tell you how to change a tire? Okay. He's just a young man. Uh, he taught him how to change a tire. And sometimes, how many of you know your kids sometimes don't even act like they're listening to you when you're talking to them? Yes, Dad, I, 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 I hear you. I, I can, you know, my boys, they will say, I got it. Any of your kids ever say, I got it? You know they don't have it. But they got it. They say, I got it. You don't have it. You're as lost as a coop. You're just, you're just want me to stop talking because you say you got it. Well, this, this dad taught his son. and So his son <clears throat> was really excited about it. He, he, was, um, he was wanting to date this girl. And finally, she said yes. And so they went out on this date. And it was a rainy night. And um, he took the car. And he was all excited. Got out. And lo and behold, what do you think happened? He had a flat tire. Oh, my goodness. Now he's, now he's put on the spot. Does he really know how to change the tire? So what does he do? Anybody ever have this thing? What's the first time your kids do when they get in trouble? Dad, guess what? What, son? I got a flat tire. Good. You got it. He hung up. Now, there you go. I got it. He hung up. And then he's like, uh, okay, Dad, goodbye. He, his girlfriend's right here, you know. What'd he say? What'd he say? He said, I got it. So they got out in the rain. She's holding the umbrella. It's a moment between, you know, boyfriend, girlfriend. How many of you got those moments when you were dating somebody? Maybe it's your, even your wife. You got that moment. They're out there. She's being, oh, so nice. She's holding the umbrella. He's trying to change the tire and act like he knows what he's doing and and finally, after about an hour, they get back in the car. They're drenched. They're laughing. And he, he cranks it back up. And just as he cranked it back up, he saw a couple of headlights come on in front of him. His dad was making sure that he had it. I want to tell you today, your Heavenly Father is never far from where you are. He's always watching over you. He's the resource in your life that you can always turn to. He's the one that's going to be there in the dark of the night when it's storming and it's raining and you got to you got to man up and do what you know you have to do. And you know, that's one of the things that is missing too is we have to tell our kids sometimes it's tough. A buddy of mine always says, suck it up. If you have to, get a bigger straw. Because sometimes you just have to suck it up and do what you know you have to do and you need to do. But I want to tell you today that to, that God will enable us to do what we need to do. Here's the thing that I want you to realize today. That those moments in time are, are opportunities that we're never going to get back. And I want you to, um, to know today that life is that way. We get a moment... We get a moment to tell our kids that we love them. Use that phone to your knowledge or to your advantage. Tell your kids how much you love them. You're not going to get that opportunity always. You're going to have an opportunity to tell them about the Lord. I want to encourage you today, men. Take that opportunity. I want to listen to this song.
called you can't take it with you. Daddy doesn't get around so good anymore. But I recall one Saturday we walked up to the store. Daddy reached into his pocket and he handed me a knife. He said, buy you some candy, boy. I looked up at him and smiled. I had the candy in my hand I felt like I had it all Though we were poor back then So I asked Dad, Dad, we must be rich He grinned and shook his head Then we stopped along that old dirt road And this is what he said he said, life's a lot like money, son. You spend it, then it's gone. Oh, but it ain't worth one nickel without family, friends, and home. So give your love free. If you go down life's road, you can't take it with you. Stopped by to see my dad a week ago today. It took him a while to remember me. He has his good and his bad days. Like a gift, his memory came to him and softly spoke. Son, did you remember what I said? Don't forget those words. Oh, life's a lot like money, son. Spend it. Yeah. Oh, then it's gone. Life's a lot like money. Spend it, then it's gone. Oh, but it ain't worth one nickel without family, friends, and home. Give your love free. If you go down life's road, you can't take it with you when you go. Oh, no, friend. You can't take it with you. That's right. When you go I'll tell you about a young man that grew up at five years old. His dad died. 
didn't have a dad. He went from being a secure young man to no income, had to sell everything that his dad basically owned. Single mom, wound up with a stepdad that didn't want to be called his dad. A lot of abuse. A lot of things happened in his life, and he grew up hard, and he, and he grew up mean. He didn't want God. He'd never been to church before. He didn't have time for the Lord, and when people would come talk to him about the Lord, he said, listen, he'd cuss them out and say, I don't want to hear a thing about God. What do I know about God? I only know about my life. He was bitter. He was angry, and he was hurting. They were having a revival, an old tent meeting, and a young girl, kind of sweet on him, said, Hey, I really want you to come. He didn't care about God. He didn't care about the church. He didn't care about what was going on, but he, he did like this girl. So he found himself. He pulled up to the tent, wouldn't even get out and come underneath the tent, but he heard the message. While he was sitting in that car like some of you are today, he white-knuckled that steering wheel because the good news of the gospel was reaching his heart. And what is the good news? That he sets the captive free. He says those that are in prison, he frees them. Those that need healing, he's healing them. That young man with his white knuckle grip, he finally turned loose and he got out of that car and he walked down that old sawdust trail and knelt down and gave his life to Jesus. Things happened in his life. That girl was long gone. He never had a really a relationship with her. But his life was changed from that very moment. That young man found another young lady that loved the Lord. And they got married and they had three kids. I'm here to tell you today that the destiny of my life changed because that young man was my dad. My dad had every excuse in the world to say no to God, but... Because he listened to the Holy Spirit, he turned loose of that steering wheel, he got out, and he said yes to the Lord. You know what he found out? He thought he was going to have to give up everything. But when he got up off the altar, he turned around and looked, and every one of his buddies had found their way to the front and given their heart and life to Jesus too. Because he was the leader, he manned up, and he said yes to God. Some of you are sitting in a car today, you're watching my Facebook or whatever, and you're saying, I don't have time for the Lord. I'm not going down to that church, but I want to tell you, you don't have to come down here. Jesus is right where you are. He's inside that car. He's inside your home, that hospital. He's inside your house. Wherever you are today, the Holy Spirit is saying, will you say yes to me? I want to change your life. I want to give you the best life that you could ever live if you'll just say yes to me. And if wherever you are today, if you'll just say this little prayer with me, just bow your head and mean it and say these words. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Change my life. I give you my heart today. And from this moment on, Lord, I want to serve you. I want my family to serve you. I want my friends to know you. And when life is over, thank you for that home in heaven. For what Jesus did for me on that cross. I receive you now as my Lord and my Savior.
I want to tell you, friend, if you prayed that prayer right now, there's a party going on in heaven because you just became part of the family of God. I want to welcome you. Dad, this may be Father's Day, but it may be the best day of your life forever. And if you prayed that prayer, I want you to be man enough to just tell somebody. If it's just your wife or your kids in the car and say, you know what? I prayed to receive Christ. There are people at this church that want to help you. They want to reach out to you, bless you, help you in your walk with the Lord. Please share today that you prayed that prayer. I'd like to pray one more prayer before they come and close out today. Dad, if you're here, tell you what, if you're sitting in the car, can you stick your arm out the window? Can you honk a horn? Can you do something? I want to pray for all the dads that are here today. Father, you see every father that's here today. And I want to say also there are young men that are not dads today. One day you will be a dad. One day you might become a father of several children. You'll be, you might have a wife one day. You need to be the man of God that God is calling you to be. From this day forward, Lord, I pray that they will become men of God. They'll be strong and courageous. They'll be unashamed to say, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God unto salvation. And Lord, we thank you. We bless them with health and strength and long life. May they become the pillars of this community. May they be mighty men of God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, hawk a horn, hawk a horn, hawk a horn.